Love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds Community Radio, as we are now, not East Leeds FM anymore. Big change for us here at Chapel FM Art Centre. Lovely to be back in Studio One with Elliot there at the desk. He's putting his thumbs up. Wonderful. Um, and this is the first Love the Words episode in Season 5. It's actually the 228th episode altogether of Love the Words. And it's uh, an absolute delight to have the poet Ian Dewey with us. Hello, Ian. Hello, Peter. Hello. It's lovely to have you back. I think you were part of Writing on Air a little while ago. It was, yes. I came over. I don't know if you remember, but it was a snowstorm. I do. And uh, it was extraordinary. It made it all a bit more of an adventure than uh, these things normally are. It was, There was a snowstorm. In fact, I think we all had to go home. I think we had one of those decisions to make. We either stay in all night or we go home. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was quite looking forward to to, to stay in <laughs> all night, but I think people opted to go. But yes, that was a that was a fantastic event, and uh, it's great to have you back here. Um, so you're not here uh, in person, sadly, but uh, you're, you, we're talking uh, over the line, and really we're going to be talking about contained strong language, which is I'm reading from the website because I should be more fluent that way. The UK's biggest festival of poetry and performance and it's of new writing coming to Leeds in 2023 over four days leading poets and world-class spoken word artists will take to the stage alongside brand new voices and that's uh, that's happening very soon 21st to the 24th of September so this is a good thing for Leeds isn't it Ian? I think so um, I think Leeds does tend to get overlooked in uh, various ways not least poetically um, and I'm particularly pleased to be involved in it. Um, next year, I've got a new book coming out, and I've got a huge chunk of things about Leeds, celebrating Leeds, mm. um, different aspects of its history. I tend to be attracted to uh, things to get forgotten, even within Leeds. So within the overlooked Leeds, you have the overlooked aspects of Leeds history um, that fascinate me. So. Um, I decided at the festival I'd read only poems about Leeds. So I looked at them and started printing them off. And although I'm on uh, two events, uh, I think three actually, um, I still won't have time to read them all. Um, so Have you got any today? Uh, poems with me? Yeah. Uh, yes, I have. I'd have to go and get them. Just hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a wonderful piece of live radio, will he say? We're not live. It is, yes. It is. Apologies, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a pile of them here, so I'm going to wade through. Brilliant. Here is Mother Shipton. One of the things that's organising, uh, I'm also doing a talk for, um, there's a thing called The Essay, where you get to talk for 15 minutes late at night when mm. nobody's listening. On Radio 3, I've heard it. It's great. That's right, uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, what I decided I do is they ask people to sort of think about um, monuments, really, monuments in Leeds. I think a lot of people were looking at, uh, you know, things that you might use to hang a peg of um, 
at talk on. Mm. Uh, but when I sketched the various things which uh, presented themselves, um, I decided to sort of suggest that you could actually have something that was like an art walk, you know, the surrealists used mm. to do that sort of thing, and do an art walk from the centre of town uh, up Chapel Town Road and beyond there. Because I was amazed some time ago to discover, I think I might have bored you with this story before, but there's a local historian called, historian called Robin Dove. He used to run a, a toy shop near here. And I was talking to him once and he said in passing, oh yeah, such and such, just over there past Blind Jack's Road. And I said, hang on a minute, Blind Jack's Road? Um, and then he told me. And I was amazed to discover that the road that I cross every day was made by a blind man. Not only that, Blind Jack Metcalf made, I think, 180 miles of road in his career. Hmm. Um, and, and one of them runs down to the bottom of Chapel Town Road, uh, and it goes all the way up to the bridge at Harwood. Uh, and when the road was opened, this is just, uh, this fits in, this gets into the talk. When the road was opened, a mob marched out from Leeds to wreck it because there was a turnpike. Hmm. Um, and they were very against that. Um, so, when, but nevertheless, sorry. What no, you no, say, I was please? just going to say, I mean, when you say he made the road, did he have uh, like a, a company or a, that made, I mean. Yeah, he had a, he had a crew of workers, yeah. but he was the person who designed it. So he took a slice out of Clairetau Hill. He was the person, one of the, my favourite uh, stories about him was that when he was to test uh, the local sort of um, pebbles and things like this that he needed to use for drainage on the roadbed. Uh, Robin said he used to roll them around in his mouth like new words. Oh, lovely. So I thought that made him like a brother That's to poets. Beautiful. But, he was, but they were complex. I mean, like building a road, even in those days, uh, involved several layers, um, feeling the ground, you know, mm -hmm. um, having some sense. I mean, but this came late in his career. He'd also had a career as a cattle dealer, horse trader, smuggler. Uh, he was in the army. Uh, he was a professional fiddler. Yeah. Um, and then it was because there was a boom that he started doing these. So I did the walk going from the bottom of Chapel Town Road all the way out to the end of his section of the road. Uh, but uh, noticing all of the interesting things about that area, all the cultural, uh, the multicultural and cultural um, stops on the way. Well, have you um, have you got a Blind Jack poem there? Uh, somewhere. <laughs> I should have prepared this you for this. I mean, this, really, this really proves my point about the fact I've got the pile of poems I've written about Leeds here. And they're spilling all off the table onto the floor. It's oh, a nice visual image. But you're going to be reading some at the two events. While you're looking through, I can plug yeah. your events, can't I? Um, yeah, that would be good. Uh, so, yeah, the first one you're doing, as I see, is the Friday the 22nd of September. I have an assembly room, 11.30 in the morning. I'm assuming it's in the morning. And you're, you're yeah. reading and talking with Kim Moore and Andrew Bagoo. So that yeah. sounds totally good. And then yeah. there's another one, if I can find it. Me rustling about. Yeah. On Saturday, the 23rd, at Leeds Conservatoire at 6.30 in the evening, uh, you and Jacob Polly and Hanan yeah. Issa, so, who are both very interesting poets. And that sounds also a fantastic event. I mean, there's lots and lots of stuff. Um, and you can go on the website for Contains Strong Language and it's all up there. You can download the programme, which I've done. I've printed it all out, of course. 
I've now mixed up all the page numbers, but uh, they, they are. Uh, it's a real variety of events and lots of local poets. When I say lots, um, enough. Uh, we've got mm. yourself, Matt Abbott, Testament, Malika Booker, Khadija Ibrahim, Dalton Harrison, who we know very well, Michelle Scully Clark, also um, I work with quite a bit, and yourself, of course. So a, a real variety, but of course, you know, more uh, sort of national profile writers as well. One might say, not to say you haven't that, Ian, but mm. um, people from other parts of the UK also performing and writing and talking, and all broadcast on the BBC. Um, on different programmes like Front Row, The Verb, Free Thinking, programmes we might know if you listen to Radio 4 or Radio, Radio 3, but really um, broadcasting this big festival here from Leeds in a couple of weeks' time. Sure. Is that giving you time to find Blind Jack? It is, it is. It's, uh, <laughs> it's called The Ballad of Blind Jack Metcalf um, and contains things to do with his life that I'll probably comment on afterwards. And it really ends at the statue that was uh, raised in Nairsborough, where he came from, um, for the for his 200th anniversary. So, Ballad of Blind Jack Metcalf. Verse by the numbers, numbered years, summing up the dead. Small fingers feeling headstone faces. How young Jack learns to read. A man, he read behind their words how men and women felt. Like faces, suits, and numbers stamped on tavern cards he dealt. Sharp dealer, traffic was Jack's gift, in fish and flesh he'd trade. A soldier, smuggler, fiddler, guide, roadmaker when that paid. He'd spin his tails and webs of tar, as dark as all he saw. He was our Daedalus of Rhodes, were each his minotaur. Asterians, his starry ones, we travelled by his lights, a hundred thousand miles each day, his thousand and one nights, still dark in bronze on Market Square, he hears the high roads snarling, who heard them sing the bonny prince, but traffic still, Jack's darling. He's way wiser beside his bench, around his metalled hat, his secret tales picked out in braille, and what it says is that dot 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 so there's three dots there and what i like about it is on the statue around the sap there was a braille message so only people uh, who can't see and can and can read braid will understand jack's message to them you know excellent but he was a card sharp i've forgotten about the fact that he was a card sharp in the old days they made cards by stamping the design on and he could feel that mm. he learned to read by feeling um, gravestones, so he knew what letters. I like that in the first numbers. verse. I love that, right? Yeah. It's extraordinary. Uh, and of course, if you get ripped off by uh, cards by a blind man, you feel a bit of an idiot <laughs> if you complain about it. You, know? um, you also say he was a fiddler. That interests me. My son's yeah, yeah. A, a traditional fiddler, and he's done a bit Indeed. of work on, um, yeah, on Yorkshire fiddlers and i wonder whether he must whether he knows about blind jack i mean did blind jack presumably he learned everything as in in the folk tradition he learned it by art he, but he did yeah, did he write yeah. any tunes do you know it would be nice to think so um my favorite he, he used to get hired for things he was you know a professional fiddler my favorite fiddle st fiddling story is he he was hired to play at a wedding and he ran off with the bride to be which was a massive scandal as you can imagine yep. Um, and much later in life, after it all died down and he'd made a name for himself and, uh, he, you know, he was in everybody's good graces again, they, they said to his wife, Why, what on earth led you to run off with a blind man before your wedding? And she said, he was more full of life than any man I knew. 
And I think that's the impression you get from him. He did all of these things. He took what would be regarded as a disability and turned it into um, an asset. He was he was a night guide. He would he would you know when when people needed to travel in those days, twenty four hours a day at night, it was all the same to him. Um, he was some most extraordinary character. Not not a great um, uh, if you if you want to get more gigs. Not not a great move to maybe run off with them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, really, no, no, exactly the same. But uh, yes, yes, I mean, uh, so, music in his head. You know. Yeah. Can I ask you? You you said something early on about Leeds being overlooked as a kind of yeah. poetry city. Would you let's say a bit more about that, if you would? Well, one of the things I would like to do, and I don't know if there will be ha time for the CSL festival. Hopefully it will be time before uh, the end of the year of culture. But I was hoping that there would be a guide to all the poetry that's taking place in Leeds um, that you could simply either alert people to, or indeed, you know, my fantasy was that I'd be able to give out copies of it at the readings, but I, I don't know if it will be ready. Uh, I talked to Stu Hennigan about it and he said people are working on it. Um, but um, what, I suppose one individual who's dead, there are many sort of uh, poets uh, that we both know, terrific poets involved in this, but one I think in terms of being overlooked um, was a poet called John Riley. Um, mm. he, he lived closest to me. Uh, he lived uh, just up over the hill. Uh, he was, had a terrible death. He was beaten to death in 1978. Uh, he was. Uh, he went to Cambridge. He, uh, he was involved in the early days of what we now call the Cambridge School. He published uh, people like Prynne. Um, he converted to uh, Eastern Orthodox Christianity, and he was different then from his circle in being deeply religious. Um, and then after his death, um, stocks of his last book, which was a, a selected poems, uh, were blown up by the IRA when they bombed Manchester. And he just dropped out of the sort of literary world horizons. Uh, it's funny, when I was researching him, um, the internet has so spoiled us. There's not, there was nothing about him on the internet now. Now there's a little bit. But I had to go down to Leeds Central Library, get out the old microfiche for the newspaper reports and things like this, which is really one of the worst ways of storing information. Um, and I can't help thinking, I tried to persuade uh, various places to do something for him. Um, in the end, there was a, a, a new selected poems edited by uh, Ian Brinton from Shearsman. I wrote a preface to that in 2018. Um, he still doesn't have the um, fame and reputation he deserves, I think, because he was not simply a good poet in itself, deeply original, but also a person who links. Um, people like to think, I got into a huge argument, as you can imagine, with someone who's kind of had the attitude that this is a backwater and that it wouldn't be. Uh, people here would know nothing about, you know, uh, Cambridge poetry, for example. Uh, and here was a link with it. Here is a link to a person who was uh, involved with the most advanced poets of his day. Uh, this is not to say that other kinds of poetry uh, aren't important, they certainly are, but Lees has a whole range of them. Mm. Um, and he, I think, is another genius loci of the city to stand beside Tony Harrison yeah. uh, to represent a different tradition. Well, um, well uh, this is really interesting. I mean, you know, in terms of 
a kind of map of of Leeds poetry. That is all. That is a very interesting idea. I could talk to, to Stu about that um, yeah. and yourself. But I mean, it's John Riley. Did you say? Yeah. 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 I mean, I just just wonder. We, I, I'm just going to put this out there now. Um, but we, the theme of writing on air, our festival this year is missing. Um, yeah. So I just wonder whether it, I don't know. Just just an invitation. If you wanted to do a program for that with me about uh, about John Riley, about him being missing from history uh, and from poetic history of Leeds, and you're interested in that, we I don't know. Did that interest you? Well, let's have a think about it because it might be that um, John uh, Ian Brinton, hmm. who did the um, selected bunch, is more of an expert on him than me. Right. Um, John Riley's. I, I could do a slot in it about him in Leeds uh, and his 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 death, but uh, to do full justice to him, I think more than one person would be needed. Well, um, I, yeah. Sorry. What were you no, no. Say? I was saying let's absolutely. It's it's probably not the right place to be talking about this, but since sure, I've got yeah. you on, but yeah, I, I think I I think it'd be fascinating. But also maybe we could contact Ian and and, and maybe it's one for the future. But I I I, th- sure, sure. I think you know he sounds interesting. I'm afraid to my. To my shame, I, I didn't know anything about John, and that his death sounds absolutely appalling. And you know, yeah, it's not just it's not just you, Peter. Hardly anybody knows about him. I mean, I, I know I'm complaining about elsewhere. His profile uh, just disappeared, but I mean, in Leeds, people I talk to don't know about it. Hardly anybody I knew in Leeds mm. had ever heard of him. You know. Yeah. Well, we we must put that right. But I, I, th- I and also. You know, I think fascinating the idea of Leeds as a, a kind of uh, yeah, sort of being overlooked in terms of what happens here, not just in poetry but it's in music as well. I think it's sometimes sure. not seen as a musical city, but that is very, very wrong. Um, that's another program too. But I mean, Ian, you, just to talk ab- about your 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 upcoming uh, collection of, of poetry. I mean, you say that's very much about Leeds. Um, have you got another? It is. Yeah, go on. Uh, it's called. Uh, you have to bear with me. It's called an arbitrary light bulb. Now, the reason I I chose that name is um, I used to work after I left school. I used to work in an ironmonger's, and we used to sell them the most common kind of light bulb. Everyone has them in their house, or certainly they used to, and, and you used to see them in cartoons. That pear-shaped yeah. teardrop light bulb. Yeah. That's called an arbitrary light bulb. Mm. Now, what I liked about that is that in itself is a demonstration of the fact that we can be surrounded by something which is very important to us and we don't even know its name. Uh, it's a little bit like the people, uh, casual labour or people who come uh, and, you know, maintain things vital to us, but we don't know their names. We don't even know their names. Mm. Um, also, it must be said... Um, I mean, it is a theme within the book, but, you know, I'm getting old and one thinks about life and life can be a bit of an arbitrary. Like, bulgy come up, you know, lights on, lights off, end of story, you know. Um, But um, I thought uh, within that, I started writing a number of... I mean, I've written already written a lot of poems about Leeds, but I wrote a few more. Um, And uh, these, uh, you know, people who come and hear me at the festival will hear a lot of these. Um, I was telling, I was telling uh, Ian Harker that he might be sick of the sick of Leeds by the time he's he's finished hearing me read about it. But uh, <laughs> it's 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 a it's a it's a rich place. Who else writes about Leeds in a way that um, yeah, in, in, in a way that you admire? 
Well, I mean, it must be said, obviously, for, for all that I've said about Tony Harrison uh, uh, and John Riley, I do think Tony Harrison is an extraordinary poet, you know. I mean, I, I, some time ago, I tried to get him given the, you know, made a Freeman of the city, same as Alan Bennett. I thought, I think he's an equivalent figure in poetry to Alan Bennett. Mm. Um, and Alan Bennett, great writer, love his work too. But Tony Harrison, um, there was a Birmingham poet, uh, uh, Roy, what's his name? Uh, but he used to say Birmingham is what he thinks with. And I think the same is true of Tony Harrison. Leeds was not simply the background to, uh, to his poems. They are essential to how he came to write poetry. He said, and I'm not sure I entirely agree with it, but he believes that um, iambic pentameters, blank verse is Leeds, Leeds normal speech naturally falls into iambic pentameters. Mm. I mean, that's, I think that's a way of um, uh, protecting his, the words of his parents, which uh, appear in so many of his, yeah. so many of his poems. You know, I mean, as you, I mean, as you will know, uh, my campaign to get him made, given the freedom the city didn't work. Yeah. Um, but I think he he is one of the major writers of the last century after the Second World War. Yeah. Um, and Lee Lee's can be enormously proud of him and what he's done. We showed a film here uh, in our uh, radio theatre, uh, I think it was last year actually. It was called Prometheus. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's extraordinary, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It, the thing about those things, I mean, in that film, is obviously the thing about smoking is a bit difficult for some people to debate. For him, smoking is a kind of heroic thing. It's the torch and all the rest of it. Um, but what I, what I like about his poetry films, and I suppose um, I would recommend to people who are listening to have a look at Black Daisies for the Bride, which is a lovely film made in Menston before it was closed down. Um, listening to the people uh, in there suffering from, you know, dementia. Mm. But sometimes people, women would end up in uh, Menston if they got pregnant when they were young, yeah. or sometimes even if they just answered their parents back. You know, there yeah. was, you know, they, they were, it was terrible. Mm. Um, and in there, to come back to music and indeed folk music, um, there's a sequence in the film where uh, a musician comes in. Uh, play, plays the banjo, plays the old songs, and these people who've been sitting there, dead-eyed, join in the songs, mm. you know? They, they're revitalised by music, and song can do that. And I think poetry is related to song, and I think poetry is related to film more than prose. I think poetry is a succession of images yeah. in the same way that a film is a succession of images. Fascinating, you know? yeah, love it. Well, come back, um, Ian, to your essay. for That's a Radio 3 commission, yeah. presumably. And, and you talked about it being a kind of art walk. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you Tell us a bit more about that, if you can, if, without yeah, spoiling sure. it. I mean, and I'd love to know when it's on as well. Yes, we, I haven't got a date for it yet. We've got to... Uh, I've sent it in and they're happy with it. But we've got a book... Uh, she's, there's a number of them. I think this is connected with the festival. There's a number of... Uh, uh, essays uh, about Leeds. So uh, they're looking to schedule them in a particular order. Um, I think mine is the first one that they've got in. And I think they will all run up until about December. 
But um, the walk itself, it's something that the Surrealists did, I think, in 1922. Various other people have, uh, have taken credit for walks. Um, another overlooked local artist who uh, I like very much is um, Anthony Earnshaw, who was a Surrealist, uh, hence the uh, Surrealist art walk. Um, and he used to take random journeys just get on buses, get off them, anything to make him break up the way he saw the city he already knew, uh, place aspects of it he didn't know. But on this one, for me, it's the same road that I've gone on thousands, tens of thousands of times. There's an American filmmaker called Nate Dorsky. He does something similar. He's made any number of films about a, a walk from where he used to live mm. um, out in the sticks. For me, it's more central. Um, partly, I think, maybe because it's on the radio, uh, that made it appropriate that it's the blind man's road and I get to describe everything. But right at the bottom, we start with um, Joe Ash Woodrow, a painting of, I know this is paradoxical, um, but uh, I describe a painting by Joe Ash Woodrow of the Lower Chapel Town Road. Mm. And this is before uh, the sheep's go interchange really wiped all of that out. He's another person that lived completely separately from the artistic life of his day, uh, went to the Royal College of Art, had a bit of a breakdown, uh, came home and worked at home. And it was only when he was in his 70s, there was a fire in his house. Uh, by that stage, he was not able to look after himself very well, but they found 7,000 paintings, <laughs> more drawings. Um, and he's been called Leeds Lost Modernist. Mm. Um, but it was obviously uh, at one point uh, a, a very, the Jewish community there was very important. Ma many had been decanted from the Leylands, which, uh, as you know, were sort of sweatshop slums, really. Um, and they themselves called that area Jerusalem. But it was also the Irish were there early on. Uh, and I was uh, I learned from a, a book by um, uh, Anthony Clavan that there was a Yiddish-speaking Irish carter who used to move people <laughs> now i think speaking english irish and yiddish must be a linguistic cocktail almost <laughs> unique in these islands so we start with him we have the irish connection there's the roscoe yeah. knockdown yeah. uh great music you know your son plays almost within that tradition mm. there is a oh, i didn't have time to say this there is of course a distinct lead style of playing irish music yeah um Sligo. Uh, uh, yeah, influenced by Sligo, influenced yeah. by um, uh, Coleman, you know. Mm. Um, then a little bit further up, Khadija Ibrahim, who is uh, on at the festival, she wrote a great book called Another Crossing. Mm. I was astonished. I don't know why, uh, but I was. When I was reading Another Crossing, she talked about the fact that there were lots of Rosicrucian lodges in the West Indies. <laughs> and that, I did a thing. Um, for Ilkley Festival uh, with the Satnam Galsian, who's, uh, who lives actually quite close to me here. She's a, a classically trained singer in the North Indian style. Um, but she is interested in the relationship between Irish music and Indian music. And very often, so she sings, say, for example, um, she moves through the fair. It's in the Mixolydian mode which rags are, certain rags are. But influenced by um, Khadija's book and the 
a Rosicrucian thing. I did something called Rosa Alba Rosa Mundi, which means White Rose, Rose of the World, White Rose for Yorkshire, and just looked at all of the different communities in this area. Sometimes uh, rewrote songs so mm. that they could be sung in English and the audience could hear them and things like that. Um, there's the Radaraman Folk Festival. There's a very dynamic individual called uh, Ahmed Keisha, mm. um, and that would be in, I read for them, at the uh, at the library in the Reginald Centre. I mean, I'm laughing when I remember it because I was on at three in the afternoon and I said, you know, uh, how long will this go on? And he said, oh, probably till about two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and he does these huge ambitious things. This year, they had two all night sessions out he said in the mountain somewhere, I think it was Scamondon Pike or somewhere like that, but two all-night sessions. Um, he also did, he tours, there's a touring company of uh, poets, musicians, dancers uh, called Shoda, mm. and I did a session for them at Roundy Park, and I wrote it all up about the relationship between Irish and Indian music and Shoda and what happened there, and that was published last week in the Irish Times, if anybody gets it, right. you know. But it's he is a, you know he's a real force of nature. I mean, what, what, sorry, what you? No, say? no, I, I'm, I'm, I wasn't really going to say anything. In apart from, uh, it would be lovely to hear uh, another poem if you, if you, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, sure. Well, the this is <clears throat> I really like. Everybody used to sneer about them, but I like the whole thing about goths. I have to say. <laughs> and uh, I was very disappointed when a while ago. Uh, they used to gather outside the corn exchange. Do you remember? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and they uh, and that was across the road from um, Oxfam, where they a lot of them got their clobber. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and I thought it was appalling. I thought it was appalling that they all got moved on and banned, and they weren't allowed to yeah. gather there anymore. Yeah. So I wrote a poem called Goths. It's a sort of a goth sonnet. Uh, the distinguishing feature of a goth sonnet is it's got thirteen lines rather than fourteen. So here we go, Goths. I love them. They bring a little anti-life and uncolour to the corn exchange on city centre shopping days, as if they had all just crawled out of that Ringu well, so many sadicos dripping tarnished silver jewellery onto the undead fashions they dig up in flea markets. They are the black that is always the new black. Their perfume lingers freshly turned grave sweet black sheep their pilgrimage twice a year at whitby through our landscape of dissolved monastery and pit toasting themselves in cider and black currants vegan blood they dance macabre at gigs like the dracula spectacular the next morning love bitten and wincing in the sunlight <laughs> they take photos of each other hoping they won't develop. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that very much. It reminds me of a, of a song by the Divine Comedy called The Happy Goth. Have you ever heard it? Yeah, <laughs> no, I haven't. I'll have to dig that out when this is over. Yeah. I mean, they are happy too. I mean, I mean the, the look, you know, I mentioned Sadako. I mean, if anybody's seen the film Ring, Sadako is the, 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 the sort of freaky girl who crawls out of the world, the ghost with long black hair, you know, but it's a style. 
and I've met really cheerful ghosts too, and I think it's 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 lasted. It's really lasted. Yeah, it hadn't occurred to me that they weren't there anymore, actually. But you're right. I'm sorry to hear they were moved on. Is that right? Yeah, they were, what it was was they. You know, the corn exchange uh, did. It was done up, yeah. and they wanted to make it a place for uh, uh, fancy food. Yeah, you know, new boutique food. food and. It, all, all of this, you know, but there was a lot of money in it at the time. And um, almost as soon as they got rid of the goths, um, there was sort of like worldwide economic collapse. <laughs> so people weren't spending money on fancy food anymore. So it was, uh, that seemed to me almost like the revenge of the goths, you know. <laughs> um, Ian, we're going to unfortunately have to come to a close in a minute. But I just wanted to ask you, uh, are there any things that you would recommend in the festival, apart from yourself, of course? <laughs> Um, do you, anything that you have seen that you might want to go to there's lots of community stuff happening and there's young poets uh, there's a young poet yeah, yeah. laureate so I think she's been over uh, Tracy Brabin is involved in that anything that you like the look of well uh, Kim Moore I mean I'm not I mean I know she's reading me she's reading separately from me as well I think she's a, a, a terrific poet mm. uh, Jake Polly we don't get a chance to hear him very often in Leeds um, uh, Coming clean, I've known Jake for a long time. I actually met him when he was a student and I was a teacher, but he is a terrific poet, won the T.S. Eliot Prize. Yeah. I mean, I have to say Simon Armitage is really a terrific poet, major poet, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. Andre Bogu, uh, as I say, huge fan of Khadija Ibrahim. So it's a good spread of things that are on. One thing I would mention in passing, uh, brave people, um, and they're getting uh, a show here, the... Um, uh, queer is queer is queer is language. Yeah. Language is a queer thing. Uh, queer young queer Muslim poets. Uh, I've been working with a couple of those over the course of those few days. You know, um, terrific range of things on. Great. Well, we're going to be previewing uh, CSL again next week on Love the Words. I'm hoping to Excellent. speak to Testament. Um, next Tuesday afternoon at four o'clock, along with Wordplay, who are a group of poets who work with Barney Barnsley. They'll be on next week as well. But we've got a whole season of wonderful stuff for you coming up on Love the Words. So, so thanks ever so much, Ian, for coming on today. And I think there are, I always Thank feel you. that, having spoken to you, that there are lots of other conversational uh, roads <laughs> made by Blind Jack, probably, but we could, have, yeah. we could, we could walk up. Um, but it would be great to talk more about John Riley. Uh, sometime with you and also uh, Anthony Earnshaw I'm, I'm a big fan of Terry Frost actually who was in Leeds oh yeah yeah uh, I did a talk I mean I did a talk about him at the um, uh, at the art gallery uh, I mean he loved Leeds he has yeah. he he was uh, we haven't really got time to talk about him I could talk about Terry Frost too well let's let's have a talk about Terry Frost either on yeah, or Ter off Terry Frost and Tony Earnshaw yeah okay thanks for asking mate it's been lovely to talk and, to you and thanks very much goodbye everybody bye 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 Love the cases, love the clauses, love the adverbs and the antecedents, love the words. From ELFM. Oh, yeah.